What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Canes Inside Podcast here uh, with D Money. As always, excited to get back uh, on the show, and we're celebrating a Sweet 16 birth. Yet another one. It's Euphoria in the Gables, everybody. It, it was a great last couple uh, wins. Obviously, a struggle against Drake Friday night, um, and then just pulling away from a really good Indiana team last night. Um, and these Sweet 16 bursts, they're, they're becoming a, a common occurrence here, huh? Absolutely, man. It's the basketball school, as you know. You know, it's nice to watch. I'm here. Uh, I'm in the Punta Cana studios, as you can see. Uh, just got fresh off the banana boat, threw on some aloe vera lotion, jumped on the pod. Happy to uh, talk about. Sweaty out there. Uh, sweaty, too. I mean, shit. It's, it, Honestly. It's hot. It's hot, man. It is hot out here. And uh, the Canes are worldwide. They had the Canes game here in DR. There's some people in the bar cheering, and uh, I know there was a decent crowd at the at the stadium or at the arena as well. See a great performance, probably to me the best performance I've seen of the season, just beginning to end, both ends of the floor. The offense, which like you mentioned, I guess Drake was a little stuck in the mud, looked more like with the team we've seen all year. And then defensively, the speed, the switch, or just the ability to cover everybody. You know, no problem switching the 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 length and the speed to make up for the size you saw it on full display in this game. I think the, the biggest storyline to me is coming from Friday night was you get a pretty close to 100% Norchad Omir. He looked like he was moving very well. Um, the last couple games, you saw 17 rebounds in 26 minutes last night. Um, his activity level, it was as it always is through the roof. Um, but you know, you saw him go down against Duke. I, you know, was was thinking that was season over the way that it looked, the way that he reacted, right? Um, but credit to Miami's training staff and, and you know, obviously Norchad himself for doing what he had to do to get himself right. Yeah, it felt like he got his hand on every single basketball. I mean, I don't know what the final rebounding numbers were, but if they do that whole deflection, touching the ball stat, it had to be through the roof because even the ones he didn't get, he was tipping it to somebody. So right. he looked bouncy. The second jump was there. He was switching on guys, no problem. Had the lateral quickness. Uh, it was all there for Omir. He's definitely back, and it changes the whole complexion of the team, especially going into a challenge that they're going to have this week. But, you know, great moment after the game. You saw him come give the kiss to, to Coach Shell. Just the the love that these guys have, it's all real. That's what he gets for being a genuine guy. You can just see it in the postgame. Yeah, him and Nigel Pack. Pack. To me, was the, I mean, he was the guy who took Miami home against Drake. Uh, there was a point where Miami was down eight points with four and a half, five minutes left. He hit a big uh, mid-range jump shot, um, hit some other really big shots throughout the game. And then Wooga Poplar, it's crazy because Wooga Poplar last year um, against Kansas had a very, he had a very rough outing. Right. And he, he, he looked real, real nervous out there. Obviously, was, was the, no, the moment was a bit too big for him. And you see the impact that he's continued uh, to have, for, you know, in this run for Miami. Had a stretch of three straight threes against Drake that really kept them alive for that portion of the game when nothing was falling. Obviously, Miami was tight to start that game. Um, and Drake, you know, credit to Drake defensively. Um, yeah. But yeah. No, no that, let me that, hey, let me move the camera right here. So I'm looking like a, a hidden character in a video game right now. I'm looking like one of those guys you got to unlock. So there, you go. Uh, there we go. Now we're doing it. But yeah, no, it, Poplar, you know, it's like Wong, you know, you knew Wong was good, but you didn't know how good he was until he had the opportunity to just shoot and make mistakes. I am impressed with his touch, Poplar. I mean, 
all the talk about he's athletic, and yes, he is very athletic, but the guy's got touch. You see it at the free throw line. He's got a very soft stroke, and as the confidence goes up, as he can play through mistakes and not to worry about, you know, deferring to Pack, deferring to Wong, uh, there's a lot of upside there. You've been on it since before the season. You said on the pod, uh, there's a lot that that guy can do um, on both ends of the floor, and he showed a little bit of it in this game. Well, and you saw it on the first play of the game. He missed, I think, a floater. Uh, short grabs his own rebound and hits a nice little turnaround short range jump shot. Um, but that's those types of shots. He, he hit a very big pull up jumper uh, against Drake on Friday night as well. I think that brought them within two points uh, late in that game before they obviously overtook them. Um, but what a nice burst he's kind of been um, because obviously he's a starter, but it almost feels like he's a six man the way that he's used offensively because he's not uh, not the one of the top two or three guys normally. Um, but then he can he gives you those those glimpses where you're like, man, this guy can be something uh, really special down the line. And right now he's he's been a big part of this run uh, as well. No question. And I want to give love to Jordan Miller as well. Um, you know, I remember when James Jones was at Miami. He played like center. He's basically a big man that became the perimeter player, the shooter that later on. But he was always versatile, always long on defense, always had a nice touch. Although, again, he was not the three-point shooter they became in the NBA. But it's like if you were to watch James Jones in college, no one was saying this guy was going to be a decade-long pro. At least right. I did not hear anything like that. And no one – it was not even a conception in people's minds watching him. He looked like an athletic guy, good defender. But, you know, versatile on defense, but not that kind of guy. Miller has way more game at the same age as Jones um, and still has that kind of feel that you're like, maybe this guy's got more NBA potential than people are giving him credit for. Um, and certainly if you talk about just the college level, which we care about, the guy is unbelievable and is a huge part of this win. Well, and, and his ability – Kind of like Wong, right? And Wong does it more from the perimeter. But his his ability to kind of calm the game down, and when Miami really needed baskets last night, um, because Indiana came out strong at the, at the start of the the, the first half, or the second half there, excuse me. Um, and he, you know, for him to just post up, he has very good footwork down there. Uh, you know, the up and unders and the and the pump fakes and the spin moves. He can finish with both with both hands. Obviously, he's a he's a lefty, um, but. You know, looking ahead, we keep we t we're talking about the offense right now, and and you know, kind of what what they've been able to do. Miami has with four or five different guys who can score defensively now. Moving forward, um, is is going to be a very big key against against this Houston team that Miami faces. Yeah, I've always liked our defense. I know the stats don't show it like it does with the offense, but I've always thought that when they crank up and the energy's high. They have the talent to be a lights out defense because you look at, you know, just watching other teams in the tournament. Every team's got like a 5'11 point guard, you know, some white guy that shoots but doesn't play defense, some big lumbering center, right? Miami does not have one small player. You say small, like maybe Charlie Moore last year. They don't have a small player. They don't have one slow player at all. And they don't have one player that, you know, it's not athletic. That just it's not long and 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 has burst. They they all have it, you know. So other teams, you can find a guy like let's say you a seven foot guy. He's not going to be quick on the perimeter like O'Meara to cover small guys. Or they have a five eleven point guard that's that can't switch on bigger guys. Or they have you know some white dude that you could just punish uh, on the on the other end of the floor. Miami's not like that. They're very consistent 
They don't have the height, you know, they don't have the pure, pure one through five dynamics, but it reminds me of like, you know, the Chicago Bulls when they were good. Um, the, you know, when the, the, the Golden State Warriors, when they put Draymond, Draymond Green on the floor, just the, the quickness, not, not that level. Let's not get carried away, well, but just the I, fact that you have quick guys everywhere that have length. You see every year these, a lot of these smaller schools that make runs, how, how do they get it done? It's, it's, it's a lot of five, four or five, you know, out. You know, they don't really have a traditional big man. Uh, perimeter scoring, once you spread them out, beat them off the dribble, which you're seeing that with – you're seeing Nigel Packett a lot of opportunities. You know, at beginning of the year, we didn't see him, you know, trying to get to the basket a lot. But because of his outside shooting – the, the defense is having to play way out on him and we're spacing the floor and, and you, you see what's happening. Right. So, um, but at the end of the day, this Houston team, it, it's a different animal than, than what Miami see. And I do agree with you, um, but they look like they're a little bit bigger and a little bit more athletic. So how do you, you know, based on, I know you, you haven't necessarily watched a ton of, of Houston this year, but knowing what Miami's strengths are as a team, what do you see as the game plan, uh, you know, to, to, to win that game? Yeah, I mean, just look at the stat sheet. You know, there's a reason why a lot of people think Houston's the best team in the country. You talk about number four in offensive efficiency, number two in defensive efficiency. I think Ken Palm rankings had him number one overall. So the numbers definitely support them. Obviously, their level of competition is not the ACC, even in a down ACC. So it's a little bit uh, deceptive, but experienced. You know, Kelvin Sampson you, as one of the most experienced coaches in college basketball. The team is experienced, is tournament tested. Um, to me, again, I did not see them really in the regular season. I've seen them in the tournament. Their offense, from watching it, is not as dynamic as what the numbers indicate. Like, when I look back at the numbers, I was surprised at how good they were just watching them in my limited experience in the tournament. Yeah, I know Sasser's been hurt, so they're a little banged up in that respect. He played minutes last game, though, so I would expect him, kind of like Omir, uh, to be as close to 100% as they're going to be with with those sort of injuries. But if Miami can just force that offense to be out of sync, because they're not running on all cylinders now. I look at their last 10 games. Their offense has been playing worse than it did at the beginning and the middle of the year. Um, Again, injuries have a role in that, but that's the reality. So if Miami's defense can set the tone like it did uh, yesterday, um, like it did on Sunday, as far as really just setting the tone from the start, this is an offense that you can throw out of sync. The defense is going to be tough. Houston is a defensive team. This, it's not going to be easy at all, but you have great players. You have the ACC player of the year in Isaiah Wong. you got a guy in Nigel Pack that can you know, shoot for days. And then you have someone like Omir who might not look pretty, but he can create second chance opportunities and things that even a good defensive team can't account for just because it's the scramble and the, and the randomness that he creates. So, you know, Miami just needs to really, to me, bring the intensity on defense, make this a, a slug fest and then have your, your, your tremendous guard play and the, the guys like Miller and, and Omir making winning plays, maybe a Poplar uh, being the X factor to carry it home. Well, and and you said it. They weren't uh, they weren't looking very good offensively in that first half against Auburn, uh, but they pulled through. Now it was a lot of one on one basketball. Tremont Mark, uh, one of their one of their wing guys, had twenty points in the second half. He looked like a guy. Uh, look, they're similar to Miami D in the sense that they are very balanced offensively. They have five players in double digits. Sasser being their leading guy, like Wong is for Miami, um, but. 
the guy who I'm very interested to see how really this is going to be an Omir matchup, but Jarris Walker from, you know, he's true freshman, five-star top 10 recruit out of IMG, a guy that's, you know, a lot of people believe is, is a lottery pick, absolute physical specimen, um, shoots the three-point shot, I think 34%, 35%, so can knock it down from the outside. Um, but he's a, he's a, he's a little bit bigger than, than Omir, a little bit longer, Right. And this is about as talented of, of a guy as Miami's seen all year. And he's really was seen as the missing link for this team that has now gone to four straight sweet 16s. Right. The final four being in Houston, that's kind of been the uh, the theme for them, the discussion, the questions all year. So this is a team playing with a lot of you, know, you go to four straight sweet 16s. Now, a lot of these guys have been on, on this run that they've had over the last three, four years there's a lot of pressure riding on them. So if Miami can jump out to an early, uh, to, to a good early start, like Auburn did against Houston, right? I think Auburn just didn't have the guys at the end of the day this year that they, that they had last year. Um, you know, another team that Miami beat uh, last season. Um, but this is, like you said, you could make an argument that this Houston team should be the favorites the rest of the way. Um, and not to look too far ahead either, D, but the Texas team on the other side there from Miami is also one of the hottest teams in college basketball. And if you reseeded this thing, they may be a one seed also. So the road is not going to be easy, but fourth Sweet 16 for, for Coach L at Miami and, and the legacy that he is continuing to build um, is, just, is just amazing. It's really, I, I think every year, you sense that there is a bigger fan base growing down here. There is a lot more interest every year before it was like, you'd show up to March and Miami's in the tournament. Everyone's like, Oh, Hey, Miami's in the tournament. There is more of a following, I think leading up to it this season than there's really ever been. And that to me is all, all, all credit goes to coach L on that. Yeah. The stability also, you had the arena, which has been there for a while, but the fact they had coach L plus the arena, you know, is great. Cause we had Hamilton who was a tremendous coach, but, he was in the Miami arena, much different dynamic. Now you have the great coach and the great arena. People have good times there. They come back, you get some regulars. I mean, I go to those games and you see people that are there every single day and they just all know each other. So you build that kind of, you know, the Coral Gables, South Miami sort of nucleus of people that are just there all the time. And then the students make it more and more of an impact. So it's, it's the best program in town. There's no question about it. Um, you know, you talked about all the things Houston's done. Miami was in the elite eight last year. Um, yeah. And, and, Miami is the ACC, the, you know, we'll call him the ACC champion because they would have won the tournament, in my view, if, if Omir didn't get hurt. At least they would have been a very much a, a favorite to do that. They, they won the right four or five points to Duke without him, or maybe, maybe it ended up being seven or something like that, but it was a one-possession game late in that game. Right, and they won the regular season and obviously the last ACC team standing. So you're talking about the, the ACC champion. Another thing is, you know, and I hope this is a, something that sticks with them, so that to be the ACC champion – and to be a seven-and-a-half-point dog to an AAC team, no matter how good Houston is, if I'm a betting man, a battle-tested team like Miami, that kind of dog with that kind of experience, and they were in the Elite Eight last year. Most, I mean, obviously you have transfers, but Wong was certainly there. You know, guys like that. Um, Miller was there. There's a lot of pride. If Miami is – if that underdog vibe really starts to pick up, and Miami doesn't become the, the, the cool team to pick and people just start, you know, putting the other way. We'll see. The game's on Friday, so uh, the hype's going to build and build. But I hope that seven-and-a-half-point line sticks 
and is thrown in Miami's face because to me it's a disrespectful line for the best team in the ACC. Well, the, the, the thing Miami, I think, does have going for them big time is that this is not a Houston team that has – this is probably the best team that they faced all season long, right? It's not – they don't – they don't the ACC is not the ACC. We understand that. But they still did not have, you know, the schedule that that uh, that a Miami had, you know. Uh, so I think that the fact that they haven't been as battle-tested this season, maybe, right, because – they have gone through it the last few years, um, but it'll be interesting to see if that comes into play. Yeah, look, the ACC is down. It was down last year, and the ACC still came through in the tournament. Now, this year, Miami's carrying the torch alone. That's fine. But these are great players in the conference. Let's not kid ourselves. Great players, great coaches, great infrastructures. Even in a down year, it's not easy to win it. Um, and there's something that comes with that. The environments that they played in are different than AAC environments. You know, Cameron is still Cameron. It's still there's the environments are still different. These are Miami's team is extremely experienced, um, really top to bottom. When you just look at the whole roster, they either played in the Elite Eight last year or their transfers that came in as the best players on their team, like Pack and Omir. So, and listen, know, listen, we've pretty much talked about everyone else who's gotten minutes, but big contribution from Bensley Joseph last night. Oh. Hit, hit a couple big three point shots, awesome defender. Uh, awesome on-ball defender, really good ball handler. And then even Anthony Walker comes in and gives you some big, big minutes, had some nice entry passes, um, you know, to backdoor cutters and things of that nature. Um, and and defensively gives you some big minutes with with Omir out of there. How tall is Bentley Joseph, like officially? On on paper, I don't I don't know. Let me uh let me look that up real quick. Man, because I, I, what what are you gonna say? No, I was thinking, watching him, the guy looks like he's 6'6". I know he's not, but the way he plays and his length and his strength and just his activity, he plays like he's 6'6". But he's probably like 6'2", something like that, 6'3". I would, I would say 6'2". He's listed as 6'2". So let's let's say probably six, closer to 6'1". Then. Right, oh. but I mean, the, he plays like he's a forward if he, if he needed to be. Yeah. On defense. Unbelievable. So yeah, he, he's definitely a major uh, a major factor in this game. Definitely. No, it's been uh, – it, it, listen, it's not the deepest team, right? This is not a team that, that uh, has nine or ten guys in the rotation. But you don't, you don't necessarily need that to make a run uh, in March because these are 40-minute games. And guys are, gonna, are exhausting everything they've got. They'll get – obviously, they, they just played two games in, in three days. But they get their rest now. And, you know, Omir uh, especially is going to be – uh, it's going to be good for him to get his get his rest and you know get back to 100 percent because again it looked like he was 90 95 percent um, but it, he looked even better on on Sunday night so yeah and the confidence is there you know he's not thinking I'm hurt in his mind now after that game he's himself you know because a lot of it's mental when you're coming back from an injury like that am I not the guy he knows he's the guy. Even if he's physically not, I don't know what's going on in his body, but certainly the way he carried himself was like he's he's he looked like Omir. So that rest can only help. It, it's man, I woke up this morning, I was still buzzing. The uh, the excitement was high last night, and hopefully they can replicate that on on Friday night. That would be, I mean, listen, I know they got to the Elite Eight last year, but if they win this game coming up, you can argue that that would be the biggest win in program history against a one seed that has two, three losses on the year and is, you know, a favorite to, to go win the whole thing. Yeah. This is a much better team, in my opinion, more athletic, 
more length, more physicality. I'll take this team over last year's team, it just in terms of objectively. And you know, any, be, any day of the week, you know that which is that which is the mark of a of a great coach at the end of the day, and why we are so lucky to have Coach L. Right, is that you know that team is going to be prepared for that game as 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 well as they can be, um, you know, ready for it. So. Um, I'm excited, man. Uh, to quote Joe Z after Miami won uh, the ACC championship or ACC regular season championship against Pitt from excellence to glory, baby. It's euphoria in the Gables. No, We're going to keep this thing moving. And Friday night, it's going to be it's going to be electricity in the air. It's been glorious, man. You got also, uh, you know, right before the Canes game, you had USA beating the brakes off of Cuba in the World Baseball Classic in Miami. You know, hopefully it's like one of those like when Clemson beat Al Golden by about 70 points, you know, showed Miami how, how stupid their leaders were. Maybe that's one of those deals, but that was a, a very satisfying blowout for the USA uh, in the classic. Um, Dominicans were going crazy over here. I mean, they had it on every TV and then the TV switched to Miami. I didn't have to tell them, you know, <laughs> that was, that was the number one show in town. Once that game ended, boom, flipped to the Canes. Didn't have to say a word. Um, so things are looking good right now. And uh, football fans, don't worry. We got a ton of spring stuff, a ton of recruiting stuff. I promise you, you're going to get uh, major deposits at the bank. This isn't, there's no Silicon Valley bank. We're rolling and it's going to be uh, unloading here with spring and with recruiting after this big visit weekend um, coming up. So be ready for a lot, a lot of content on the football side as we carry through basketball, baseball. Plus, we got some big things coming, which I can't talk about now, but we've been working here in the, in the silence and there's some big things in the work, only getting bigger and better with Kane's inside, you see Pete with the shirt. Um, we got some merch on the way too. So things are, well, things are looking good here. The, hopefully next time we, we, uh, we get together, Miami is going to their first final four. That would be, that would be amazing. So, you know, just, just thinking about the possibility already, this is, you, you got to love this opportunity to play in March. And for how many years did Miami not have the luxury of, of doing that so everyone just enjoy this run yeah and you're a day one fan pete i mean you've been hardcore as day one as it could be for me i was at the old comic well it's not old it's the same building but the convocation center uh you know to the to the buck to now you know watsko perry clark frank hayes shoot rob height guillermo diaz lance hurdle jack mcclinton anthony king i mean I, i i still get excited but, you know, go from thinking about those years, which were not great years as it was, but, uh, you know, it's just great to see how far this program has come. No, absolutely. And it's funny. I saw a tweet that said Miami was supposed to save the ACC in football 20 years ago, whenever they came in, whenever that started getting in the works. Miami ended up saving the ACC in basketball this season and hopefully take it all the way to the top and, uh, and bring it back home. So what a story. we can do it. They can do it, man. They're this championship caliber team. I'm not saying they're the favorites or anything, but what, what, you know, they got the ACC player of the year. They got shooting with, with Pack. They got experience galore. They got versatility with Miller. They got a unique, unique college big man in Omir. They got the best coach around. I mean, they can do it. Not a fluke. Definitely not. So let's see what happens next week. We'll be back here on the Kansas Inside podcast. See you guys then. Okay.